0: This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Rachel Norton and Dr. Kelly Bonwell.
1: Hey, listeners, welcome back to your favorite marriage podcast. This is Rachel Norton, and I'm sitting down with our friend Kelly Bonniewell. We have a great show planned for you today. Uh, No matter if this is your first or second listen, or if you haven't missed a single episode, today you will not want to miss because we are talking to Pastor Aaron and Katie Buer. This is going to be a treat.
2: Oh, wow. We're interviewing them today? We are. Wow. I'm really looking forward to this. So, uh, Rachel, question for you before we jump into the interview. So this is our last episode of season four. Can you believe we've done four seasons? This has flown by. Totally flown by. Uh, So my question for you, uh, we had a lot of wonderful episodes. In fact, they were all wonderful. But uh, what one stood out for you? And then I'll share my one of mine that really stood out for me.
1: Well, it's always kind of an unfair question, you know, because they're each one is just unique and and such a treat. Um, I will never forget, though, uh, preparing to have Katie and Austin Moore on Mm. where they talked about their marriage, their journey with infertility. You know, we meet with couples before we actually record and that time together just stepping into their story, just being inspired by their faith, it was really impactful to me.
2: Yeah, I love that one and just their like you said, their vulnerability and just you know being honest and uh, just where they where they're moving in that journey. Mine was one that you and Samuel did, and uh, I was very blown away by it. Which one? Uh, that was with Les Parrot, and so I've been a big fan of Les and Leslie, his wife. They have a ministry together out in Seattle, marriage ministry, written many, many, many books. Uh, But I just really loved the interview. You guys brought out his sense of humor and uh, just all of the knowledge he has. And then the thing that really blew me away is, uh, so listeners, uh, Les and Leslie are doing a website called Loveology.
1: Yeah, they shared about that in that episode. And I went on very, very
2: easy. A one of the things he repeated and repeated and (laughs) repeated about it is it's free, free, free. (laughs) He sure did. (laughs) No expense. um, But it's very easy to sign up. And uh, but the wealth of information on there, I was just blown away by it. Um, Some really notable people just answering. Um, some sometimes simple, sometimes kind of profound questions about marriage. So definitely check that out.
1: I think so. I'm presenting content in a way that's very relevant to today, very receivable. That was great. Yes. Great definitely. Episode. Mm-hmm. So we are going to get to it. Erin and Katie, let's get started with this conversation. I think we should start with how did you two find
0: your way to one another? And then tell us a little bit about your family. How fun. I can do that. Yes. Well, Aaron and I grew up in different states. So I grew up in Iowa and he grew up here in Michigan, Caledonia. And so the way that we ended up meeting each other was at Moody Bible Institute. We both went to college there. And we had a class together. It's true. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> English English class. And uh, Katie was very into me from the beginning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think
2: that's true.
0: No, we heard something after. different. <laughs> we'll, we'll,
2: we'll get to that. Yeah. But I have a much more important question right now. Yes. So Giordano's, Gino's oh, East, or... That is
0: a good question. Wh-
2: which, wh- what are you guys?
0: Thankfully, Aaron and I agree on the location. And we believe it's... Giordano's. Oh yeah. That deep yeah. Dish. There you go. That's how, that's
2: how we always did it. Yeah. Good for you. That's that's my
3: favorite too. Is it wonderful? Yeah. I don't know who these people are putting cornbread on their pizza. Just, <laughs> Genos, I don't know.
1: So you met in college, but I understand when you were in that class together, you might have been dating someone else at that
0: time. It was our fresh our first year at yeah. school Freshman and second year. semester. We had a class together. I was, I happened to be dating somebody else at the time. But it was a nice, like, I feel like we only had like 15 people in our class.
3: Yeah, it was really small. It was a
0: very small Mm -hmm. class. And so he sat right in front of me and I don't know, we had a little bit of interaction.
3: Yeah, I I definitely noticed you and (laughs) was interested in you. But of course, there was this other guy. There
0: was a slight problem. Yeah, (laughs) But you were curious already. Yeah,
3: I think curious is a good word. And when we came back for our sophomore year... We, you know, reconnected. and
0: Right. So Moody, if you haven't been there, it's right in the heart of Chicago. And there's um, the dorms uh, form kind of like a courtyard in the middle. So we're arriving. You know, I think I probably just brought all my boxes and suitcases up to my dorm and was walking through the plaza. And I see Aaron. And um, earlier in the summer, the guy that I had been dating, we had broken up. And so I consciously thought, I kind of thought that maybe Aaron, I don't know, had a slight interest in me. So I was like, what do I do at this point? Do I acknowledge him or just keep walking? Well, I decided to acknowledge him and say hi cuz that's pretty much my personality. And um and of course Aaron was there and ready to say hi to me. (laughs) What was that like when she said hi, Aaron?
3: (laughs) Aaron, do you remember that moment? I do. And we've talked about it lots of times. And I don't know exactly how it went down, but I definitely asked her, you know, how's (laughs) (laughs) so-and-so?
0: Oh, you came right out with it about the
2: other guy.
0: He did not like wait long to Uh ask about. Oh, that is hilarious. And of course I was like, if I say that we broke up, (laughs) I think he's going to like fully pursue me. And so I said, yeah, well, you know, things didn't work out and I could, he could not hold back a smile. It just like his whole face just looked up and it's wow. like, oh boy, wow. what do I do so with great.
1: that? <laughs> wow. You saw something special in her right away. So then you guys just started dating shortly after that or?
3: No, that's not how it went down. We well, started hanging out. I know. I want to hear Aaron yeah, tell this her. part. <laughs> Well, okay. So Katie didn't want to date anybody because she wanted to focus on school. She wanted to focus on her face. She didn't awesome. want to, She didn't want to mm-hmm. jump from one thing to yeah. another. And
0: I mean, Moody is surrounded by a lot of really great people. Yeah. And I didn't want to just jump from one person to the next person. So I was like, I think in wisdom and discernment, it's better for me to just really take my time and use this valuable time of studying and preparing and um and to just wait for the next person and mm-hmm. not jump in fully as fast next time.
3: Yeah. But my background was in high school, I had dated, 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 you know, one person to the next, always had somebody that mm-hmm. I was involved with. And so uh, during that freshman year of college, there was a guy on my dorm floor that I didn't even know that well and he was a very strange dude he had really long hair he liked to do like medieval reenactments of course know? yeah so just just your normal dude no offense to <laughs> medieval reenactors but um and he challenged me like he just saw something off in me and he mm. challenged me not to date anybody that first year mm. and for whatever reason I listened to him and so for the first time in my life I was well you know since I was an older teenager was mm-hmm. not actively pursuing some girl or in a relationship with, with some girl. Mm -hmm. And then I was very interested in Katie, but she was slow about wanting to be in a relationship. So it was a, it was a testing time for me to, Mm -hmm. to go, okay, do I have the patience and do I have the um, strength to pursue this girl? Who's going to continue to say no to an actual relationship for a while. And that went on for months Mm-hmm. And there's definitely some funny moments of me conjuring up the courage to, you know, what do you think about dating now? Eh, no, you know,
0: <laughs> like
2: ni- nicer than that. But, you know, <laughs> eh, no, not yet. You know, oh, that's mm-hmm. so funny. Not yet. Now, not yet. Look, so I can get a good picture. So yeah. are you friends at this point?
3: Yeah. And we were hanging okay. out a lot. And okay. Something about Moody at that time is, uh, you know, they served meals in the cafeteria. But on Sunday nights, you were on your own. And so almost every Sunday night we would go out for dinner.
0: Yeah. Just the two of us. Yeah. So so that like sounds weird. like a date. It yeah. does sound yeah. like a date, yep. but we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend, no. okay. I guess. No. Yeah. I loved that Aaron was willing to get to know me. I wanted him to fully know, like, you know, as fully as a few months in college can be, but I wanted him to know me before I said, yes, I think we need, or, and I wanted to know him as well. Like, let's let's pursue this. I didn't want it to just be a light relationship. I wanted it to be really purposeful. So the cool thing was that he was willing to become friends with my friends, which then my friends were like, yeah, we kind of like him. We like how I don't know. It was just a good confirmation that he was willing to stick it out and work hard to show me that he was interested and willing to pursue me and get to know me and that he was sticking around. Yep. So he won the friends over. He won the friends over. And I think they actually the <laughs> ones that gave him the courage to continue because oh, they're yeah. like, you would probably get discouraged because I'm sure it was a little bit confusing for you because I probably acted like I was very interested in, in you because I really actually was very interested in Aaron, but I was trying to guard my heart and to just make sure that this was something that maybe could be a long-term relationship.
3: Yeah. I remember calling your roommate, Brooke, yes. which if you can imagine person that looks just like Katie, same height, same We were somehow and twins just, and we yeah, just, yeah, they were roommates.
0: <laughs> we didn't know each other. We were just assigned yeah, together and it fine. was a perfect match. Yeah, yeah. I
3: remember calling Brooke and just being like, she's never gonna, you know, she's not, she, you know, Brooke would be, yeah, she is just be patient, you know, yeah. but it was such a character forming time for me. And, By the time it came around to actually dating, like I knew I was 100% in, Mm -hmm. you know, and so then when we were dating, there was this other funny, awkward moment where, because I used to, now backstory, I used to play guitar, lead worship and all that. And so I showed up to dinner one time. Yeah. When we.
0: At at college. Yeah. And I think we were, we were
3: dating at this point.
0: Yes. But it was very early on in our relationship. You know, like
3: two weeks or something, you know, and I announced (laughs) that I'd written
2: a song.
0: Of course. Like, so In he, he,
2: cafeteria.
0: Well, well, I mean, we're just... We're yeah. sitting eating, and I don't think yeah. anybody else had joined us at the table oh, yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he nonchalantly says that he wrote song, a song, today. and so I'm like, oh, what's it about? I
3: don't remember what happened next, but basically... And I, then he's like... Nothing.
0: <laughs> well, he's like, well... It's about you. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
3: You're a little weird. But, uh, uh-huh.
0: I wasn't expecting that. But then yeah. he wouldn't tell me more about yeah. it. Mm-hmm.
3: But later, that was a song I used to propose. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was you like, no,
1: this is a missed opportunity. He could have brought his guitar. We <laughs> could have heard true. that. Song. Why I would love to hear today? it again. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let's try to do that. So
1: that's neat. So you did start dating. Yeah. And, and that song came out when you proposed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the first
2: time she ever heard it
3: yep
1: and
2: we won't make you sing it but
3: (laughs)
1: what's the
2: name of the song who knows oh it's untitled yeah it's
3: uh okay mm -hmm. that one song that i wrote for katie i don't know
0: (laughs) aaron was um he definitely pursued me and he really confirmed that he was fully into our relationship and to me and I was amazed at the way that he expressed his love to me in creative ways. So like writing the song wasn't the only way he did it. He also, um, one year for Valentine's.
3: I don't think we need to get into this.
0: (laughs) Should I get into it? It's so sweet. You guys might want to boys, whoever's listening, you may want to take notes, but he bought a calendar. And from the day from, from, Valentine's Day on through the rest of the year, he wrote something that he loved about me. Wow. And then he put like a little um, cut out, like a little um, construction paper and put taped it over it. So each day I could pull off something of like, and all the girls on the dorm floor, they would be like, oh, what did he say today? And so he was very romantic and very sweet and intentional. And it really showed that my, I could trust my heart, like handing it over to him. So by the time you mm-hmm. started dating, like you just kind of knew yeah, um, was, Aaron's heart, his character, yeah. and you probably became pretty serious pretty quickly. Right. And I admired his leadership that he had at the school as well. I liked that he was willing to take leadership in our relationship, but also in relationships with um, his teammates and with different, like he was an RA, like very good at investing in people's lives and that was very something that or something that i really admired and valued and thought was pretty sweet about him
2: that's right aaron were you playing volleyball there i was oh i forgot you mentioned teammate yes yeah yeah. i forgot about that
1: hey so you guys married after college shortly after you graduated college how Mm -hmm. many years you've been married now
2: who
0: we,
1: knows? We, no. No. <laughs>
3: no. Last month was twenty years. High <laughs> okay. five! five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And That's so, awesome.
1: did you have kids right away? And we understand you have a bunch of them. So, <laughs> did you start that right away, or what did your early
0: married years look like?
3: Well, I wanted to. You know, my parents had me when they were very young. And so, like, mm-hmm. we got married. And I was like, well, I guess we'll start having kids. And she's like, what? You know?
0: Well, <laughs> okay. one of my main jobs was babysitting when I was growing yeah. up. So, I was like, I know what, a little bit of what this entails. I think that we should wait a couple years if possible. So, I think year four, we had our first child. Yeah. And then um, in about 10 years, we had a total of five kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. And now they are 16 down to sixth. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Three girls, two boys. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, you had
1: said that those years where you did not have children mm-hmm. were really important yeah. to getting established as a couple, and yeah. you did not live near family. During well, that time.
3: we did initially. You know, maybe the, maybe one of the toughest seasons of our marriage was actually the very beginning mm-hmm. because we moved from. You know, Katie is very adventurous, and her plan in college was to. Maybe be like a a teacher in a mission school in like the Philippines or something. Like that's something that yeah. you wanted to do and, and when we first were talking about getting married, it's like, Well let's have an adventure and I was Yeah,
0: like we have no commitments, yeah. we have no school debt, let's just go and yeah. experience something together why we don't have to figure out a school or whatever for kids. Let's yeah. just do
3: something. And that scared me. And I didn't, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I wouldn't have worded it that way then. Right. But what I wanted to do was something that I knew that I understood. And so what we ended up doing was go back to my hometown and I worked for my family business, which there was nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, and the thinking was, um, let's do this, let's be married and then we'll go into ministry.
0: Yeah. I think we were both on that same page yep. of thinking, well, we want to be in ministry full time for a long time. And so let's kind of give this first year to each other rather than I know with my heart, I'm willing to just jump in fully with ministry. And so I wanted to make sure that we had a good full year of being married together and adjusting to marriage before we jumped into full-time ministry. Mm -hmm.
3: So we moved to a town that Katie didn't know really anybody other than my family. And I didn't really know how to function So one thing about my personality that I've learned through the years is that I can be very adaptive almost to like a a level that's unhealthy. And so I would, you know, college Aaron dating Katie Aaron, and then there was a different family Aaron and hometown Aaron and so Mm. when we moved back home I slipped back into that other person and it Mm. was it was pretty tough I think for Katie I didn't realize at the time how challenging it was Mm -hmm. on her to be kind of alone and then for me to just like who is this guy kind of you know and so we struggled a bit Um, it felt
0: kind of extreme for me because I was coming from dorm life at Moody was very community and like it just I felt like I was with my sisters, and such a good bond with these these people that um inspired me and we were growing in the Lord together, like and then to go from there to being in a community where I didn't know anybody and Aaron kind of knew a lot of people, yeah, but yeah. he was also working and coming home very tired, mm-hmm. so um.
3: I also tricked her <laughs> accidentally because, because uh, well, the type of person that everybody sees me on the stage, or the type of person that you had seen me when I was in college, I'm I'm entertaining, I'm fun, I'm funny, but mm-hmm. I'm actually not extroverted, mm-hmm. and so which I, surprises people, yeah, yeah, and
0: it surprised me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't realize that.
3: So she, you know, she experienced all that. Extroverted, public Aaron, and then you know the more private. Oh, uh, being home alone, uh like I'm very introverted, mm-hmm. and so it was a little bit of like, who is this guy that right. I married? It's not. It's not exactly the same. Yeah, guy. and it's
0: something we hadn't put our finger on. Like yeah. I think we were really intentional about trying to get to. We were reading lots of marriage books mm-hmm. before we got married, and even doing a little bit of counseling beforehand and that just somehow, I don't know if I it didn't resonate or something, we didn't catch that. And yeah. so it was hard to identify when we first got married. Yeah, so, we, was happening. Go
2: so when you're, if you were to talk to a couple who's maybe in a similar scenario, mm-hmm. Aaron, you're talking about, you know, this significant being introverted. Um, how, like, what were some of those challenging discussions? Like how, and you put it really well, uh, Katie, um, when you said we couldn't put our finger on it. Mm-hmm. Like, what was yeah. what? Mm-hmm. What was that? we didn't know
0: what we had to actually work through because um, we didn't know if it was just like saying goodbye to our college life, to trying to become adults together, of like both of us going to our jobs and then coming home and just trying to figure out a new rhythm. Mm-hmm. But I think that was part of it. But I yep. think that if I would have understood that you needed some. As an introvert, you need to be able to come home and rejuvenate because you've already given out a lot mm-hmm. of your energy and words during the day. And then um, there's not as much for you to give in the evening time. So.
3: Well, and I, if I could advise somebody who's getting married or in a relationship, I think one of the mistakes I made is I just didn't understand myself. Yeah. And I didn't. So I would be functioning in a way and not even understand what I was doing on my on my own. You know, and so then to be able to explain to Katie, like, oh, well, here's the thing, you know, I
2: right. I
3: need to recharge by being alone. Like, I just didn't, I didn't understand it. Yeah. So that was a big part of it is um, I think that in order to be successful in relationships, whatever they are, part of it is understanding who you are, what you need, yeah. being clear with those things. And so if you don't do some self-exploration, you're kind of setting the person you're in a relationship up with for some disappointment. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. But there was a shift then, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. this new Aaron and you're kind of struggling a little bit with loneliness. Mm -hmm. And, um, this was a little unexpected. Right. Did you stay there or did, did I hear that you moved out of the area?
0: Right. We did.
3: So one of my college teammates, a guy named Joel, um, so volleyball again, uh, he married a young woman from Lansing And the church that she grew up in. All four of
0: us went to Moody Bible Institute together. So we all were friends then. Shannon and I would travel to all the volleyball games together and cheer for them. So we had a good relationship.
3: And they were big fans. I mean, they would paint (laughs) their faces. They would Mm -hmm. do their hair crazy. It was awesome. Anyway. um, Seriously. Oh yeah. Oh that's awesome, Katie. That <laughs> I think were we doing spelled it. out
0: Aaron's name on Uh-oh. our face. Like oh, wow. I convinced the girls like, Are there pictures? <laughs> yes, are
2: there pictures? Because we're putting him on Ada Bible social media. Yes, yes. <laughs> Especially Aaron in his volleyball outfit.
0: Right. Mm. That would be interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think we might change the subject
3: now, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> I'm
0: just
3: kidding. So uh I'll make this story shorter. What ended up happening is through that couple, Mm -hmm. we got invited to, you know, candidate at this church as a high school pastor. And so it was earlier than we planned. I think we only ended up being, uh, living in Caledonia for like nine months. Maybe I'm misremembering, but we went over to Lansing. We interviewed, you know, we went through that whole process. They hired me. And so we moved over there and that started kind of a new era. And Mm -hmm. so we had, friends there already. Yeah.
0: Established friends.
3: Yep. And then we had a thing to do together that was called youth ministry, yeah, right? you know, and Katie was working a different job, but it was like, we had this thing together. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, especially in the early days there um, we did, I mean, we did mission trips together. Mm-hmm. Katie was a small group leader. We mm-hmm. did, you know, and so that's really where our relationship started to take off. Yeah. I think it was big. It was big for us to kind of go off on our own adventure and establish ourselves. Right.
1: And this is all before kids kind of doing this ministry side by side. Mm -hmm. And then where were you when you started your family? We were. Yep. We were in Lansing.
3: So. The first two were born there. mm
1: -hmm. Yep. And then things shifted. Were you still serving side by side
0: in different ways or. So I think when I was. When I had Keegan, our oldest, Mm -hmm. I was still able to serve quite a bit. And then once I had a a second child, then I think I was starting to step back. Um, But. I uh thankfully I did not feel a bitterness towards it. I still I think cuz I had already invested in that place with him and those people and I had those good relationships already established that I was fully excited about pouring into my own kids at that point and yep. being with them so that Aaron could be at the church and investing in the youth there. So it wasn't as hard of a transition as I would have thought. I mean that doesn't mean that I didn't feel lonely or miss, or miss being a part of some of it, but I was fully excited for Aaron to be there and I was fully excited to be with my kids, my young ones. Mm-hmm. Well, it's neat to think about too
1: because you're we know your role, Aaron, it's very involved. In what ways do you see like ministry now, even though we only see Aaron right. up there as still being kind of ministry side by side? Right. In what ways, you know, do you get to contribute to that?
0: Well, I feel like the Lord's like really um Blessed us because, in a way that I well, I feel very thankful for. Maybe it's a better way to say it. In that, Aaron, his gifting is very um, in front, and I love to do more of the behind the scenes things. And I know the importance that comes from supporting people. And I think I I feel like I'm very much relationally oriented, and it doesn't have to be from a stage, or it doesn't have to be. Very vocal or um, visual. I, I, I see, I see that there's benefit from definitely long term relationships and things. So if I can support him for taking care of our kids and relieving him from that stress, then I'm all about it and I'm going to enjoy that. But I also like felt like I was able to still connect with people within the church um, when we were out south and when we came here to Ada. In a way that was beneficial and would fill me up, too, because I want I I feel um, like uh, my cup is filled up when I'm able to invest in other people's lives and as well. And Aaron was willing to make sure that I got to have those types of moments throughout the week as well.
3: Yeah, it's something else that's kind of interesting. Katie has a Bible degree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so
3: it's funny when we, because uh, I get, when I'm studying for a sermon, I'll get excited about some idea, you know, or something that I've, I feel like I've discovered. And I can't tell you how many times I'm like, Katie, you know, I was reading this thing. And then like, I saw this and then I read this other thing. And these two things connect. And she always like listens really nicely. And she's like, yeah, you know, I I, I learned that like, you know, from
0: this study that I did like five years ago. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, it is fun to yeah. like to talk through things. I love hearing how Aaron's preparing for sermons and I love when he shares those things that excites him and it's really fun when when I feel like I've been under a teacher or a Bible study where I've learned something similar, and we can engage in that too. So that is neat. Thank you for your role in sermon prep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Now, Kelly, I'm gathering
1: that they are wired quite differently.
2: Oh, it sure sounds like it. I think so too. And uh, so, how does how has that been? Uh, you know, the challenges, the beauties of being different. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's that been for you guys?
3: It's been uh, a journey. That would probably be the first thing, and it's been uh, good. Formational, you know. One of the big differences between us is just emotions. Mm-hmm. Katie is a very emotional person, very emotive, um, empathetic. Uh, like um, if you are telling a story that's sad, Katie will cry. If you're crying, Katie's going to cry. You know, like this is the way that she is. She's the best person to share emotions with. Um, She has the ability to like uh, be present with people in very powerful ways. You know, my dad in his cancer journey, I think his favorite person in that is Mm. Katie. You know, she she just has a way of being very comfortable with hard things. Mm. And, uh, you know, so she can say things, especially to him. That I have more trouble saying because she can freely enter into that space and and engage, you know, at a deep level. And the contrast for that is I, especially early on, um, unaware of my emotions, unwilling to engage my emotions, you know, want to exit emotions quickly. I'm very much wired for um, achievement and performance. And those things, emotions get in the way of that, you Mm. know. And so, um,
1: they're a bother. <laughs> yeah. It's
3: like, okay, I will deal with that later or, you know, don't have time. So I think a story, uh, I hope you don't mind me telling this one, but where I, one of the first times I felt the difference was, um, Early on, when we were first married, living in Caledonia, and I, who knows what we were talking about, arguing right. about. And Katie got upset, and she went to our room, slammed the door, you know, and she was crying. And I literally thought, I married a crazy person.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> wow.
3: And I just didn't realize, because I, I came from a family that was more like, you just don't express those emotions. Mm. And so I didn't, I just didn't have, and Katie came from a family where if there was a conflict, you would you would have it out for a bit. And then you'd be fine, you know, Mm -hmm. and in in a conflict, uh, relational conflict, my natural instinct is to either run or pretend that it's not happening, you know, and Katie's is to uh, engage. And so we had to figure that out. And I think we're still figuring it out because I don't always react the best way initially, you know, and and so it's it's. It's a challenge, but it's also been uh, a growth area in particular for me.
0: I really appreciate that we're different because I think it's challenging me to make sure that I'm keeping those emotions. That can be a good thing, but to also keep them in check when they're not helpful in the situation. Like I can sometimes lean towards um, when things are hard or frustrating or anger or something like that. I could bring too much Uh, emotion into a relationship or conversation. And I think that since Aaron didn't feel as comfortable with emotion, that it was helping me to see that I needed to have, like, I didn't want to erase emotion, but I needed to have a good place to filter my emotions and to make sure that they had accountability. You know, I've heard it say that it's emotions need to to be present, but they can't be the driver of the situation. So that's something that I feel like I want to consciously and um, be aware of and be working through. And, you know, it's 20 years and I'm still needing to work on it because it's just naturally how I'm, I'm wired. It can be very beneficial, but it can also be something that's not helpful to the relationship.
3: Yeah. I think that for marriages, a a helpful perspective is there will be a few differences between the partners that will always be a source of conflict. Like it's just never going to like, we're never going to be to the point where it's like, Oh yeah, now we process emotions the same way. Isn't that nice? Like this um, is not going to happen. So it's always going to be something we have to keep an eye on Mm -hmm. and and be aware of. But at the same time, uh, there's a huge potential for growth, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I have become a better, uh, pastor, a better parent, a better person from learning from Katie. You know, a a good example is just a couple of weeks ago, one of our kids, undisclosed name, uh, (laughs) was really upset before school. Who knows what it's even about? I I mean, they were going to miss the bus and she really wanted to be on the bus. And so she just lost it, you know. And I am so, I was thinking, I need to get to work. I have a sermon to write, you know, like there's going to be so many people watching, you know, and it's like, I got to get this done. And so I'm like, essentially, hopefully I didn't word it like this, but you need to pull it together and we're going to school, you know, in case. Katie's just like, she just needs a minute to be sad and she'll be all
2: right. <laughs>
3: and it was totally true. Like Katie, you know, just yeah. holds her or whatever, listens to her, let her freak out for a bit. And then oh, we're off to school. And it's like, okay, Katie just has the ability to be uh, in that emotion with somebody. And, and, and for me, it's like, okay, that's a good reminder. Don't just blow through it, you know, and you're going to do damage to relationships if you don't acknowledge it. So that's just an, an example mm-hmm. And there's times too where the opposite, you know, uh, we do have teenagers and sometimes they have um, drama. And in those moments, really teenagers Mm -hmm. sometimes, yeah, sometimes Mm -hmm. not yours, interesting, just mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so on the flip side, it's the, you know, hey, okay, we're not going to engage the drama, we're going to get right to the thing. And this is what you need to do right now, you know. So there's both sides and we're both learning from each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do think every couple out there has some. Areas that they're okay, this is trouble. This is it's not just trouble, it's also opportunity if you mm-hmm. approach it that way. Yeah, well, I love that.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the kids. So, your kids are what is the age range like your youngest is how? six up to 16, and then you're gonna have a driver. We do have a driver, oh, I already got my. one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. yep. so you probably parent a little bit differently. Right. When did that became, become evident to you?
3: Well, Katie. Is the superstar parent, uh, especially with the the younger kids. So things I just described. Yep. She's a nurturer, Katie. And and the um, emotions of little kids and everything, you know, she's just really good in that space. And I was a youth pastor for years. Mm -hmm. And so um, now it feels like it's flipping a little bit where I have more um, presence and a voice, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, because of the teenagers.
0: Yep.
2: So, yeah, how's that work, Aaron? Like, flush that out. Like, what's that look like that you're tapping into some stuff within yourself to be? A really amazing parent to these teenagers well i don 't know if I'd call it amazing
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. well we think of are. the
1: well you can draw from having <clears throat> done all this youth ministry well the the
3: joke <laughs> I make is I was a youth pastor for fifteen years, and I still need to call our you know youth director here at Ada Bible with they 're doing this thing, and i don 't understand it you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so when it's your own kids it 's just different. Mm-hmm. you know you might have all the principles and techniques, but um, i don 't know I think that i 'm just uh, There's something about the teenage years, this isn't always true, uh, where a dad, it used to be, well, with our little kids, they get hurt and I try to help them. I want mom, you know, get away from me, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And when they're teenagers, it just seems like it kind of flips, Yeah. you know? And on the one hand, it's hard to watch because um, Katie has poured countless hours into these kids and now they would prefer to go to me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes these teenagers are even rude to their mom, you know? And, um, and that's just hard to, it's not fair and it's hard to watch. And I know they'll come back around, but, Mm -hmm. and so it's very clearly an era where I need to be more present, have, um, you know, some of the hard conversations and give more like shoulder to shoulder kind of advice to to the kids. Mm
0: -hmm. I think there's a a, lot of lessons to draw from that. Yeah. They have, Aaron has a voice that like, the teens are uh, our, our kids that are teens now that they they can really hear it and receive it from him and I think since my voice has been the nurturing and the like let me care for you for so long that it it they need um, a little bit of space to grow up and to feel like they're older and so I feel like they can, Aaron can give them that and I love that they receive that from them that's what's so cool about being in this together is that um that we've both we both still have a role and we both did in the past as well, but to be able to share that and to know where it's not working for me, but it's working for Aaron, it makes me really appreciate the partnership that we have in that together.
2: That's cool. So a uh, question for you. How does faith impact your guys' marriage?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think you wanna talk or shall I go?
0: You can start.
3: I think that um if you Come into a relationship with, uh, it it has a lot to do with identity. If your identity is securely um, anchored in Christ Mm -hmm. and you know who you are and you come more whole to a relationship, it's just a different kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so something I've appreciated about Katie is that Katie has a very strong faith and a very natural trust. We were talking the other day like, Uh, There is a such thing as a spiritual gift of faith, and she might just have it. You know, Mm -hmm. she just naturally believes, you know, and she's come uh, and she comes with uh, a strong sense of um, confidence and uh, assuredness in herself and a security, you know. And so she it's almost like she doesn't need uh, anything from this relationship. That's a little strong to say, mm-hmm. but I mean, cause I know you in marriage, you open yourself up and say, you know, I need you for this, but it's different than when you approach a marriage as like, I'm getting into this because this is going to make me whole mm-hmm. or better.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
3: and she has, at first it was intimidating how secure and, you know, solid she is. But I just think that faith can have that kind of impact in a relationship where now you show up to serve and now you, you show up to do something together rather than I need you to do this for me so that I can be okay. Yeah. You know? And so I think we had some of that, um, we were growing in those areas in the early days and that has set us up, uh, to succeed in marriage, I think. Mm-hmm. So that would be one thing, how faith impacts. Yeah. Katie, what do you think?
0: Well, I I don't know. He might've taken my answer, but mm-hmm. I, I do think that the more that I can be filled up in the Lord and really um, working on what I'm seeing as selfishness or where I'm where I am insecure or where I do need to trust the Lord. Like if I can be constantly going to the Lord to find that, then I'm going to bring a much better Katie to the relation to our marriage than if I was ignoring my relationship with the Lord. If I do get in a, a drought with the Lord, I can definitely see that our marriage is not as strong or it doesn't feel as as healthy as it has been in other seasons. So I really think that's been the key for our healthiness is like if if I am, or both of us, are, are spending our time in the Lord, um, whether it's in... You know, at different phases of life were really hard for me to have that. You know, I grew up going to church and always heard about having a quiet time or, and I always had this really high expectation of like, I want to have a quiet hour long, you know, time with the Lord, but that's not always realistic, especially when, um, you have a lot of little kids and you're up all night and you're exhausted. So at different seasons of life, I've felt like, I've been able to connect with the Lord in different ways. Um, When I had one child that hardly slept at all, and I would be doing circles in the house trying to get a baby to sleep, I feel like my prayer life was the closest I've ever experienced because, well, I'm not going to just use this time to become bitter. I'm going to start thinking of every other mom that I know that needs prayer right now, or I'm going to pray for peace and patience and that I would have the fruit of the Spirit in this moment. Um, And then there's other times where I still didn't have maybe that hour-long devotion time that I wanted to have, but I could turn on worship music and just feel connected to the Lord. And I think any way that I can connect with the Lord um, in those ways really influenced my heart and makes my heart soft and not um, hard. Earlier this year, I was reading through Ezekiel, and there was a lot about having a heart that became like a stone and Mm. um but praying that we would have a fleshly heart like a soft heart and i i think that as long as my heart can be tender towards the lord my heart will also be tender and humble in the relation in the marriage relationship as well
3: yeah wow that's a good answer
0: Amazing
1: how faith impacts <laughs> that, and and I love how God has used you and one another's lives to grow your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, through the parenting challenges and through, you know, some unexpected now expectations. You brought those up. Mm. Um, you you got your start as a Christian couple that was pretty mature in your faith. Did you imagine you would have struggles, or did you imagine it would go smoothly? Like, what was your mindset early on mm-hmm. when you got married?
3: Well. One thing I thought was helpful was the stuff we did before marriage.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, we what, we read that book. It uh, must have been an early version of it, you know, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. Yes. And actually a bunch of, of different books. And so we had a bunch of very honest yeah. conversations about we expectations. We were trying
0: to like, what's the word, where you're like pre- I don't know. We were like wanting to do everything we could yeah. ahead of time yeah. to set us up for success. Mm-hmm. And so we were get, buying all those books that like talk about how you're going to spend the holidays. What are your expectations mm-hmm. for spending money or vacations? And just like lots of questions, like the more questions we could a- ask and yep. answer each other, we were like the better. Cause then we might not be as surprised when we actually yeah. are.
3: We would show up to these, <laughs> we'd, we'd be at like caribou coffee or something and, mm-hmm. It's like okay, share your answer first, you know. Like. It was so. Fun.
0: It was really fun and interesting yeah. how different we could be too. Yeah. But yeah. it was it was a cool way to get to know each other and maybe have a little bit of a picture of like how we're going to where it might yeah. have some tension. And even with all
3: that work, there was the surprises of
0: you being an introvert yeah. and me maybe not being an introvert. I'm not sure.
3: So I don't know. Had we not had some of those conversations, I think it would have been harder. Right. So those were important.
1: But you kind of, I think you had shared when we talked privately too, just early on you thought, you know, we're in this for the long haul, Mm. you know, because I think it is, bumps come, right, in marriages. And you've shared about some, you know, the things that you've worked through and how your faith really got you through those times. And so how has that served your marriage well? Yeah.
0: Well, I I I mean both of us have parents who are still married, so we do have a wonderful um legacy behind us or ahead of us and um but then we also just knew from the very beginning like I don't even know we just knew that no matter what seasons we were going to ha- have ahead of us, we knew some of them are going to be hard. We just had that expectation and that we would work towards each other like when it got hard then instead of pulling back or pulling away we were going to press in towards one another even more so i think we had somewhat of a healthy understanding that hardships were going to come and that there was no questioning well what are we going to do now it was like well obviously we're going to press into each other that means that we're going to have the hard conversations and we're going to get help when we need help
3: yeah I I don't think there was anything that, you know, Hey, I hope this works, Mm -hmm. you know, or, um, I think our understanding of marriage, we tried to approach it from a biblical perspective, which is, you know, this is a Mm. a covenant that we're, that we're making with each other and before God. And so, um, we just approached marriage as in, we're going to make this work. And I know that that's not how everybody's story goes, but there's a difference between, uh, You know, hopefully this works. And uh, okay, we're going to do everything that we can to make this work.
0: We wanted to make it work for us, but we also wanted to be an example to our kids. Mm -hmm. We wanted to be in ministry full time together. Yeah. Well, while we have you, we don't want
1: to miss getting a couple words of advice from you because Mm -hmm. you said you have five children. Yeah. True. So a couple words of wisdom from you as a married couple to other married couples who have several children, mm. what would your advice be?
2: Hmm.
3: I think some things that we have been able to do is recognize when the other person's out of gas. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and not every couple would do this, but um, we have in the past done like separate trips mm-hmm. because we have a lot of kids. And, you know, so Katie's favorite, Thing is family, whether it's our family or her um, family of origin or sister or parents, cousins. And so even just this past year, it was a trip that Katie took down to Texas with her sister and cousin, sister in law. Um, and so um, and I have a men's group. I have different group. back in the day. I used to use study groups, mm-hmm. you know, with some guys that I worked with. And so it's kind of like the OK, I can tell you're exhausted. Um you know, what do you think about taking a break? That, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in the rhythm of uh, doing a Sabbath together. Mm-hmm. And so Friday is uh, my one consistent day off. And this hasn't always been the case. In fact, for 15 years when we had little kids at home, mm-hmm. it was harder to do. But now we're in a season where on Fridays the kids are in school and we're not. And so we just do whatever we want to do, you know, and so we are intentional about spending that time together and, and not turning it into a yard work day or, you know, whatever. Um, you know, last week we drove out to the Lake shore and just drove around in the full colors and talked, you know, mm-hmm. went to lunch. And, and so I think advice I would give is you got to serve each other when, um, and give each other breaks and and bless each other in that way. And then you, you have to have intentional time where you're pouring into the relationship or it's going to drift, you know?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for inviting us into your Fridays (laughs) and that could so easily get missed. And just making that fresh Mm -hmm. investment in Mm -hmm. us, right. Mm -hmm. As a couple is inspiring. Mm -hmm.
2: So, uh, I just have two questions for you guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is off the cuff, so good luck. (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) Kelly loves doing this. Mm.
2: What, uh, you guys have been married 20 years. That is an accomplishment. Mm. And uh, one of the things I've noticed with my marriage with Julie and I is, if I look back, sometimes you can kind of characterize phases of it. Mm. Sure. Um, what's something you're loving about being married right now that maybe you didn't experience in your early marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, you know what what's something that maybe you're learning or growing? Obviously it maybe even ties back to these Sabbath days that you're yeah. learning stuff there. So who wants to go first on that one?
0: Well, I love seeing Aaron in leadership. I love how I get to see him doing that in our home. And I also love seeing him doing that with his coworkers and with the people he's investing in and uh I love that he has like a vision and um is excited about future and like can get people get behind people and encourage them and get them to do their best so i feel I see that in his work that he does that, and I see that in our home and doing that and that's something that I really enjoy seeing, especially even more. Now that we're a little bit older, but um another thing i I mean I kind of already touched base with this, but I love the way that he interacts with our teenagers, and it's so refreshing to know that um he his words really matter to their lives, and so he can speak into that and he into their lives, and that they're they're like sponges right now, and his voice is very important, and he's taking the time to really speak into that and so i I really appreciate and admire that about him
3: well that's nice no pressure on that Aaron.
0: (laughs) i think he's getting emotional can you you top that
3: (laughs) no i cannot top that but i will talk (laughs) um it feels like a season of uh uh depth in our relationship Mm -hmm. i would say um and there's just something about i mean we still have little kids i guess but not toddlers and when you're parent of young kids there's just so much of you that's just being poured out constantly and there's not a lot of time for unrushed deep conversations Mm -hmm. um and it's part of life and it's a good part of life and it's a journey and you do learn a lot through that and it's very rewarding but um right now it feels like more there's it's a season of depth for us because i think we're both doing more self-discovery more um learning but then we're having good deeper, unrushed conversations that we weren't able to have, uh, before, um, you know, since like, it almost feels like, you know, back dating in college or something. So uh, that's, that's nice. You know, it's a rich time in that respect and it doesn't happen every day. In fact, you know, most days of the week because of the size of our family, it's like, oh, hey, hi. Okay. Good night. You know? Um, but, uh, there are moments that are, that are really nice.
1: That's awesome. Well, Aaron and Katie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And thank you for all that you are both contributing to Mm -hmm. the work God is doing at Ada Bible Church. We love that Mm -hmm. you're a part of this church family. I love being on staff
0: with you, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Kelly does too. And and we feel like you're a part of the staff team too, Katie. So thank you again. Thank you. Ada's always felt like home to me. From the moment that Aaron was interviewing, I was like, this is a place I want to be. And it's so refreshing to, to be a part and to have him on staff, but also to be excited to bring my kids to this church and to invest in, our, in, our, in many different areas of Ada. So I'm very thankful for Ada. Awesome. Thanks again. Thanks.
1: What an incredible podcast. I feel like I've learned so much. And listeners, if you feel the same, we'd love to know how you've been impacted by what you've heard today. There are several ways to reach out and to let us know, whether it be commenting or leaving a review, On your podcasting platform, don't forget, you can also email us at care at adabible.org. For Rachel Norton and Kelly Boniwell, this has been Together. Thanks for listening to
0: Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform. Leave a comment and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.